Welcome to the City of Reading podcast. In this episode, we connect with Steve and Chad from the city's housing division to hear about some of the great housing assistance programs available to the community. And these really are great programs. There's there's four main programs that Steve and Chad touch on in this episode. The first being minor home repairs for seniors. So this is a program for community members age 62 and older to address small repairs like leaky faucets or broken toilets. The next program is the emergency repair program. So this one is to provide essentially basic health and safety repairs for homeowners who otherwise might not qualify for a loan. And then there's the home buyer program, which helps income eligible community members with the home buying process. So you've qualified for a good chunk of money on a home, but it isn't enough to buy the house that you really want. This home buyer program essentially complements that loan that you've already received from a bank. And the city is going to supplement that loan with an additional loan to help you buy the house that you really like to get into. Right, and the key with this one, and really all these programs, is the income eligibility piece. So, and Steve and Chad talk in full detail on these programs and and the last program, which is the Homeowner Rehabilitation Loan Program, which helps with major home rehab projects like roofing, pests, flooring, painting, etc. With this one, it really can be anything from major painting projects to almost like a complete rehab of the home if it's the right project. This program is really great for income eligible community members who have a house that's in need of a lot of TLC. Well, the city can come in and help make those projects happen using the homeowner rehabilitation loan program. And then the last piece too that Steve and Chad touch on is on the contractor side. So they're really looking for general contractors to help with these programs. So if you are a contractor or know a contractor that's looking for work, be sure to apply today. That It's a simple application process. It's a great way to secure contracting jobs and really help those in need in the community. And these contracting jobs are paid contracting jobs. This isn't volunteer work. This is a list of jobs and projects that the city is currently working on, and they need contractors to actually do the work. So it's a great way to secure some extra jobs. If you're a contractor, if you're a new contractor and you just need to get some jobs under your belt, or if you're maybe a contractor who's you know looking to slow down the business a little, but you still want to keep some projects flowing in, this is a great way to do that. You can visit cityofreading.org slash housing for more information on all these programs and the contractor piece of it as well. And just as a last note, we did have some video conferencing issues in this episode, so the audio quality isn't as crisp as usual. And with all that said, we will let Steve and Chad take it away. I'm Steve Hagan. I work with the Housing Authority. I'm program manager for the rehab program. I'm Chad Nielsen. I'm a housing specialist with the housing and community development side of the housing division. Uh, Can you guys let us know what what exactly is affordable housing as far as the city of Reading is concerned and what type of things is the city doing uh, to address affordable housing? Well, affordable housing is basically to help those low-income eligible households to maintain, you know, self and secure homes here in our community. You know, we have approximately 1,600 families now that use our uh, Section 8 HUD housing here in the city limits of Reading. Does Reading struggle with a lot of affordable housing in our community, just in general? With the way that the housing market is, uh, basically throughout the entire country, it's gone skyrocketing. So that, that does make it a little bit difficult as an inventory, but we still have a lot of inventory here in the city of Reading. And on that note, what type of things is the city doing to create more housing or making existing housing more affordable for the community? So currently, you know, we have a lot of projects going on downtown uh, being, you know, one of them um, up on Lake Boulevard with the, the, the Kennett 
court properties and uh, currently, you know, approved under construction um, and uh, planned. There's 413 units coming online within the next three to five years, which majority of that will be affordable housing. And I'm curious to get your on affordable housing in general. You know, we hear both sides of the of the topic, folks who, who think there's not enough affordable housing and we need to be doing more to help those families in need. And then those folks who feel there's too much affordable housing and it brings down property values or whatever the you know, the other you know side of that argument is. What are your thoughts on affordable housing in general? Do you think it's working? Is there more that, that we can be doing or should be doing? I'd say absolutely it works. I mean, you know, it, it takes, you know, those 1,600 families just here in our community, if we didn't have affordable housing, they would either be displaced or, you know, homeless or wherever they may be. It's tough times right now with the housing market, the way that the prices have gone skyrocketing between, you know, inventory and materials and everything else. But, you know, we're doing everything we can. We apply here in the housing department. We apply for every grant we can and try to bring that money into our community. So we're doing everything we can, both state and federal. And if I could just touch on that quickly, the city of Reading Housing apply for grants at the state and federal level. And then the city of Reading is then awarded money that we can then use to either build affordable housing or support some housing programs. Is that how that works? Correct. Whether it's to develop or, um, Add, add into the community for, you know, more programs, whether it's for repair, a lot of senior programs, uh, homeless programs. And so, yeah, whatever, whatever we can get, we're out there trying to get those grants to help our community. And on, on that note, maybe we can dive into the programs themselves because I know there's still some really great programs that the city offers for the community. Uh, let's start with the with the minor home repair for seniors program. Can you talk us through that? What it is, how it works, and how folks can uh, participate in that program? All our programs are for eligible income housing. The minor home repair for seniors that is a $500 grant to help for minor home repairs, and that is for seniors 62 and older. And they have to own their home. That really is limited to seniors. Is that 65 and up? And you said they have to own their home and it's only $500 max, correct? That is for 60, age 62 and older. Um, they have to own their home. Um, and the, a lot of that, uh, we help those folks out in our mobile home parks. We have uh, quite a few mobile home parks here in the city of Reading. And so a lot of that is, you know, simple things as security issues, like would be door locks or windows not operating, perhaps small water leaks, electrical hazards. And that is a grant program, so it does not have to be paid back. We can use up to $500 per year on the senior repair program. And right now we have a cap on that as a lifetime. And how does somebody utilize this program? If there's somebody listening who either thinks that they themselves could apply for this and need it, or if maybe there's somebody who lives in Reading and their parents might be a good fit for this program, how do they apply for this? They can apply it multiple ways. They can call 225-4040 and we can send out an application we can get on our website and they can download an application. We try to have the applications out at the senior center, Dignity Health. We try to just keep them out there in the public so it's easy for them to access and 
And so it's, it's a very simple application. It's one page. And then all we ask to return with the application is a, a, it's a copy of a photo ID so we can verify your age. And you have to be a resident of, this, of the city limits of Reading to apply for these programs. Our emergency repair program, and that is either a, a, a simple interest 3% loan up to $7,500, or it can be used as a grant to help those disabled eligible folks to put in like ADA type compliance, bathtub, grad bars, you know, comfort height toilets and so on. You mentioned it's a 3% loan up to $7,500. Is there a list of of emergency repairs that qualify for this loan or or how does that piece of it work? It's a little bit more because we can go in and we do what's called a feasible inspection when we do the emergency repair program and the homeowner rehab program. So we'll come out there after we get your application and we say, okay, you do qualify, you do own your home, you live in the city limits, you income eligible. We come out and do what's called the feasible inspection. We go out and we kind of inspect everything. And then if we add to our list and then at the end of the day, we will call a pest company to come out and do an inspection. And we add that on the repair list. And we put together our complete list. We go back to the homeowner and we say, this is what we have. And then if they want to go forward, and then we put it out to competitive bidding through the contractors on our eligible list. And then at that point, we get our contract bid back, and then we sit down with the homeowner and determine if they want to go forward with it. And Steve, when I hear the term emergency, to me, that you know strikes me as something that has to happen pretty darn quickly. If, if someone jumps on, you know, has an emergency repair that needs to be done, leak or something that's really causing some damage, if they move forward on their own and do something, they, they're not then able to apply for this program retroactively. They have to reach out to the city first to take part in the process ahead of time. Correct. Um, that's, that is correct, Steve. So, we can't, somebody calls it, hey, I got a water leak, I'm going to call Roto-Rooter and then come back the next day and say, hey, I want to apply for your program, you can you reimburse me? No, we can't do that. We've had a uh, scenario as to where uh, a disabled person has moved into an apartment and it's got a couple of steps and he's in a wheelchair. Well, he can't get in and out of his home. So we've um, contacted property owners or managers and different contractors, and we've had put in ramps in 24 hours before. So, you know, those type of things would consider an emergency. We can't expedite it and make it happen, but usually it takes a few weeks to get this, you know, from start to finish to get the work going. So, but in certain cases, we have done it in 24 hours. Our homeowner rehab loan program, and that is equity-based, so we can borrow up to 90% of the equity on the home, and we can help the homeowner with larger products like roofs and siding, and, you know, maybe if they have a lot of pest or termite damage, and so that, that is, uh, you know, more of an extent type rehab program. I might be similar to a lot of people in the community that the emergency repair program and the homeowner rehabilitation loan program, they feel similar. Only one has a higher dollar amount, right? Can you like, can you give me an instance of what an emergency repair might be versus what a rehab loan might look like? Sure. Your emergency repair might be a broken water pipe underneath your mobile home and the water's gushing out. Now you, now your water's shut off. 
It could be as, as simple as, you know, something sparking in the wall, electrical issue, but it's going to be greater than the $500 minor home repair, or you're not a senior, so you don't qualify for it. So that's where the, the emergency repair program would kick in. And it's a non-secured loan where the home rehab program is a secured loan. So that's, that's where the difference is. So the emergency repair program is a loan, so that does have to be paid back? Correct. It's a simple interest, 3%. Actually, both of them are simple interest, 3%. They do have to be paid back. The, the emergency repair program is not a secured loan, where the owner-occupied rehab is a secured loan. So that's the difference. And Steve, can you elaborate for the, for the listeners, when you say simple interest, what does that mean? That means a simple interest, 3%. So if you borrow, you know, $4,000, it's, it's just a simple interest, 3% on that $4,000. And the advantage of going through the city is that interest rate, correct? Because your interest rate could be quite a, a deal higher at a bank or an institution if you were going to take out the loan yourself for something like this. Correct. Um, construction loans are very expensive. They take time. You have to go through a lot more paperwork with lenders and banks and so on, where we can streamline the process a little bit if you, if, you, know, you meet our qualification. On the homeowner rehabilitation loan program, who is, who is the ideal person to qualify for that program? Um, that would be somebody that, you know, that has an older home and needs a roof. They might have some um, lead-based paint on the exterior of their walls that is peeling off. Might have some, you know, rotted out flooring in the house. But you have enough equity in your home to get all these done. And if you're a senior, 62 and older, on the homeowner rehab loan program, those payments are deferred until you no longer live in that home or you sell it. That's when that loan is going to be full, full and payable. Can we uh, talk a little bit about the home buyer program? Yeah. So the home buyer program, what it is, is it's a, um, essentially it's low interest gap financing. So you go down to a lender and you get pre-approved for um, whatever amount. So the city deems you income eligible, you know, under 80% area median income. And then we would uh, fill that gap uh, to give you more buying power in the market. So again, low interest, deferred payments, we usually mirror it to the first. So it's usually about 30 years, typically. And then um, it accrues the simple interest throughout the life of the loan. Um, You have to uh, own or occupy it. So you have to live there. And um, whenever you decide to either refinance or move, uh, that will be the trigger that the loan is due and payable. And then the city would get their get their money back. So essentially someone might qualify, you know, they have X amount of dollars. So they might, and, and again, they they qualify as low income. So they, they can, you know, afford a, a certain price point of, of house or residence. This program kind of complements that. So it adds some additional funding on top of what they can already qualify for that gets them, like you said, more buying power in the market to potentially afford something more expensive. Yes. And can you talk through the, the deferred payments just for a second? For somebody who does not know at all, what does that mean? Does that mean mm-hmm. that I get this loan and I don't have to make any payments on it until I sell or I move? Absolutely. So the, the borrower would be required to get a first mortgage. That is one of the requirements. So you have to qualify for, for some sort of conventional financing. 
then you would come to us. We would determine how much money you would qualify for through us. And then those payments, yes, would be deferred for the life of the loan. So no payments would be required on us. The first mortgage, they've already determined how much you can afford and how much, you know, we're there. And then we do work with them a little bit. Sometimes we have to move the ratios a little bit so that, you know, you fall within, you know, the Cal home guidelines. And, and then just touching back on this is affordable housing. This is creating affordable housing in our in our community because, you know, we're not going to let you pay more than, you know, 34 percent of your gross monthly income for your housing expenses. So yes, no, no payments are required. And then it, um, and then, like I said, you you refinance, you decide to move, you decide to sell, you know, we, we, we ask for our money back and these, these loans are secured to the property. Yeah. With, with the interest and the principal, it goes right back into our, our reuse account and we turn around and loan it right back out to the next person in line. So is the advantage to this that, you know, let's say you live there for five or six years and now you're ready to sell, you haven't paid paid any money back to the city um, from these deferred payments, you sell the home and whatever the, the home sells for kind of the city can get its money back on that piece. Like at that point, you pay back the loan to the city and the the hope is that the, the home has gone up in value. Yes, exactly. I did uh, want to talk about <laughs> income eligibility a bit and just you know, if someone's listening and they have no idea whether or not they're eligible for any of these programs, um, it, it sounds like if you're even questioning it, you should just apply anyway, because the city will tell you whether or not you are approved or whether you fall into the in- income eligible list. But is there some metric or parameter you can give people to know, should I apply for this? Absolutely. Um, the eligibility part is, you know, it depends on your income, obviously, and the size of the, of the household. So that's where it changes. So we, um, our baseline is 80% of medium income in this area. And those numbers change with household, you know, versus if you have one person in your household versus if you got six people in your household, that number will go up. So it's a, it's a pretty simple um, number. And it, it comes out, every, uh, the new numbers come out July 1st of every year. Um, HCD has guidelines. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it, we can either break it down by an annual number or a per month number. For and I'm giving an example. Um, right now, a family of one, um, low income, 80% of medium income, your annual max is 39,800, uh, where a family of five would be 61,350. So, and everything falls in between that. I feel like that's really helpful to know. It gives people a number that they can look at and say, oh, okay, Absolutely. I either make above that and or again, I fall in that. Absolutely. And, if, and once again, if anybody has any questions or wants you know us to follow up with that, they can call in and we can almost do that over the phone. You know, that that's a simple process. And does that 80% income, does that apply to all the programs currently? Yes, it does. That's all our programs is based on the 80% of medium income in our area. 
So the other side of this is on the contractor side. So the, the city works with licensed and qualified contractors to, to assist with these programs. And currently the city is looking for qualified contractors for these programs. Can you let us know a little bit how this process works and are contractors paid for this work? What kind of qualifications does someone need to be hired and what's the best way for interested contractors to, to reach out? Absolutely. Um, all these programs basically will go out to competitive bidding process. So let's say, I, I, let, let me back up real quick. The minor home repair program, we try to use licensed insured handyman. That way it keeps our costs down. We can get more for our bang, you know, because we only got $500. So we want to, you know, try to utilize that with the most we can to help those um, eligible seniors. The loan programs, the emergency repair program and the homeowner uh, rehab program, we do do competitive bidding process. So after we write our specifications, we put it out to a, um, an invitation bid process to contractors that are on our list or contractors that are interested to bid on these programs. We usually just set like a date and a time. We meet at the project, wherever that's at. They get a copy of the specifications and other papers needed. We usually give them about two weeks to submit the bid back to the clerk's office. And then at a date and time, we open up those bids and we get together with the homeowner and say, hey, here's your highest bid, here's your lowest bid. And we review them with the homeowner. And then uh, at that point, the contractor, if they're not on our PIN system, which is our insurance system, they are required to have all the insurances in place before we can award a project to them. But they do have to be licensed. They do have to be insured to do this type of work. And Steve, what what would you say is the main incentive for contractors to participate in these programs? Well, it's basically guaranteed payment. You don't have to worry about it. It's good work. You get another set of eyes on the project. Let's say um, you're painting one side of a house for some reason. And the homeowner says, you know what? I just don't like that color. And so, and then that's where we'll kick in and say, you know what? The other side of your house is faded. We did a color match. This is the best it's going to be. And we try to explain. So we're kind of that third person between the contractor and the homeowner. So if something does arise, we're, we're kind of in there to, to help out the contractor and the homeowner to realize, hey, this is how it works out there and, you know, make it run smooth. And currently you're looking for contractors just to be on this awards list, right? So they apply to be on a list of potential contractors who these projects are awarded. So anybody can send in an application to be a contractor on the awards. Absolutely. And if a contractor wants to get on our contractors list, all they do is have to either call in or email the housing authority and we'll be happy to send them out a package if they wanted to start bidding on these programs. We are always looking for, you know, contractors to bid on this, these programs. Since these fires have blown through Northern California, it's kind of changed the dynamics of the building up here. And so we are looking for new contractors to bid on these and people that especially have a lot of skills, you know, and rehab type construction. We're also always looking for contractors that would want to work on mobile homes. We do rehab a lot of mobile homes in this area. So we're definitely looking for that skill set too. 
And for contractors who are interested but may want to get some more information, does the same hold true to them as well to either reach out via phone or go to the cityofreading.org website for full information? Yes, they can either email, chat, or myself, or give us a call or on the website. Yes, Steve. City did go out for Cal Home disaster assistance money. We were awarded it, and we're having a hard time finding homeowners that were and properties affected by the car fire in any capacity, and we can do a feasibility on it to see how much they would they would qualify for. But we we have monies available for mortgage assistance. So anybody that was displaced or lost a home or is looking for a home, we have monies available now for these type of these type of folks. And also people who maybe didn't lose you know, a total loss, but some things were affected and they're just having, you know, either fighting with insurance or doing whatever, you know, we have the, the, the means to assist with these rehabs or anything like that, or even a full full reconstruction. I mean, we, we we are available, and a portion of this money is geared strictly towards owner-occupied rehabs or complete rebuilds, and we can't use it for anything else. So if there's anybody out there that is interested in this program, they would definitely benefit from this. Same parameters, just like what Steve said, low interest, deferred loans, and it's for a, a plethora of things, including ADUs, which are accessory dwelling units, which also would create affordable housing out there. They are eligible to be rented out. And also junior ADUs, which are just a little bit smaller than those. So if anybody is interested, please contact Steve or I, and we can get we can get you the applications and 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 make this happen. And is that income qualified money as well? Does it does it do they have to fall under a certain income thresholds to take advantage of these funds? So disaster victims actually can go up to 120% area median income, and um, a portion of those grant funds that we did get is geared towards up to 80% area median income. So the money's there. It would just be, you know, getting a phone call, getting an application going, coming out and inspecting the property and seeing what we can do for you. 